Jesus said he would build his church and that even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In dark times like we're experiencing all over the earth, it's time for the church to rise up, to be built by Jesus, to live for Jesus, to carry out this mission that matters the most, to seek and save the lost, to make disciples, to raise up the next generation. I believe we are that church, a church that is bringing heaven to earth, a church that's reaching its city for Jesus, a church that is building hope. It's building hope in families, building hope in forgotten people, building hope for future generations, and building hope into the people that are experiencing forever life change. This is our church. Together we can build hope. We are Kingdom City Church. Right here, right now, we have an opportunity before us unlike anything that we've ever experienced. An opportunity to build a new home, reaching a new part of our city for the glory of God. An opportunity to build out our current home, to reach the next generation better than we have ever reached them before to empower and to equip them as young disciples to take the mission of Jesus further than we have. An opportunity to build a house of hope in an underreached and underserved part of our city. Though often overlooked by the rest of the city, God's heart sees and God's hands wanna help through his church to help people that are in desperate need. We have an opportunity to go and build hope halfway around the world in the lives of other people that we might never meet here on earth but one day we will see an eternity. This is our time. This is our opportunity to build hope. The church we are building is not about us. It's all for God. It's built with God. It's built by God. But we get to be in partnership with God. We have a part to play. It's built by His grace and for His glory, but it's also built by our hands that we have an active part to play in this kingdom endeavor, to serve and to sacrifice and to surrender, to see kingdom come in Kansas City. We get to be partners with God in this heaven-inspired plan to build hope and to see a kingdom revival in Kansas City that touches the whole world. This is our time. This is our chance. This is our moment to build Beautiful moment. I love this church so very much, and we're so honored to get to pastor a church that cares about what God cares about, and that our hearts are connected with each other, but ultimately intertwined by the Holy Spirit to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And maybe if you're new to our church, this today is a little bit of a surprise, or maybe you're brand new as a guest. We're so honored to have you. Maybe you're watching online for the very first time. And I do think you're gonna grab a hold of something special in this moment, because this isn't above and beyond, not just for the here and now, but we believe for the eternal. What God wants to do through the, the mission of this church and through our lives and through our serve, our surrender and our sacrifice for seasons to come and ultimately for what matters the most, to reach people here on earth, in our city and in our region and our nation and even around the world with the message of Jesus. You know, God has this divine assignment for every generation to move the mission of Jesus forward. We have this great commission to not just stay for ourselves, but to go, to stretch out, 
to do something that hasn't been done before into all the world and reach people, make disciples everywhere. And today is a day of giving, both for this year, between now and the end of the year, we're bringing our best gift to God, but also we're pledging for next year to be able to accomplish these four big vision moves that God has put in our heart as a church. You know, it says in Isaiah 54, I love this verse, kind of been our theme verse for Build Hope. It's to enlarge the place of your tent. In other words, expand out right where you live. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will spread out to the right and to the left. And those coming after you, the descendants, the next generation, they're gonna take even more territory. For us, we're, we're not just thinking about buildings. We're thinking about building people. We're thinking about building people that bring heaven to earth. We're not just thinking about ourselves and our own needs. We're thinking about our kids and our grandkids to set up the next generation to stand on our shoulders and to reach farther and to proclaim Jesus to more people than ever before. And this expansion for us, these four moves, we've called it Build Hope. And I hope that you're ready to step into faith with, with me, with, with others that have already come along on this journey. And if you don't have a pledge card, it's actually on your seat. And maybe it's brand new to you. Maybe you're watching online first time. Go ahead and grab it and, and pull it out. You, you have a packet, you have one of these cards. Uh, there's an opportunity, we're gonna give in just a few moments, but for some of you, maybe it's time, like, oh, I, I forgot it was today. No, let's pray, let's consider. You can actually even scan on this card itself to get more information. And you can go to our website that we set up just for this giving initiative in the future of our church called buildhopekc.com. And for the last four weeks since that Vision Sunday, I've been praying and the team's been praying, Liz and I have been praying for God just to really move in all of our hearts. I believe this, listen. This isn't just for a selected few. This is for every single one of us. This is for the men of Lansing. This is for everyone watching online. This is our time because guess what? The gospel found us here. Jesus found us here. We got planted in God's house because other people went forward. Now it's our time to move the mission forward so God can do something beautiful, something he gets all the glory for, something fantastic, something powerful, something like a revival in our church, in our city, and even around the world. So in this expansion effort, take a moment to pray over that. Maybe you're not prepared yet. You want to pray and really seek the face of God. I know this, that God will provide for everything we need to do all that we're called to do. And these four moves, we're going to accomplish them, but we believe that 2024 is the year we get all four done, and we get to choose to be a part of that here and now and today. Uh, so what are we doing? Our four big moves. First and foremost, one's right here in this house. It's directly impacting the next generation and our serving of people in this neighborhood in North Kansas City. Uh, in Kingdom Kids, we're gonna redo the kids' rooms. We need more space. We're gonna reclaim some space that isn't used that much, and we're gonna redo the classrooms. Not to create a little daycare on Sunday. This is not babysitting. This is discipling, discipling a next generation to bring the mission of Jesus and the message of God's grace to their friends and to raise up the next great, I think, revival through God's kids in this house and in this church. Along with that, we need to create some more storage space for House of Hope because there's specialty items that people need that we can't hold on to, we can't house. In other words, we're gonna create space to fill so that we can hand out more and bless more people in the years to come. We've been given an opportunity to take ownership of a church building on Independence Avenue in Northeast Kansas City. How many are excited about the, the next House of Hope of our church? And not only do we get to reach a part of the city that so is overlooked and underserved, but we get to do it all in the name of Jesus. 
Friends, that's not just us giving away food and clothes. That's building a bridge for God's grace to go across and touch lives, breaking people out of generational pain and problems and brokenness and addiction and planting them in the house of God to see God redeem their lives so they can fulfill their God-given purpose. And we're also planning a house of hope halfway around the world in Jima, Ethiopia. How many are excited about that? A pastor in our church, been here six years with his family. He's going back on the mission field. And we're coming alongside them to be their covering, to be their support, so that not only are we gonna reach people in a city where 98% of them are non-believers, but there's people that really need help and they desperately need Jesus. And so not just a house of hope, it is a church plant that will become part of, I believe, dozens of more in East Africa and beyond. But we're going forward this next year to do something we've never done in Ethiopia. It's exciting. And then our South location, a miraculous gift that we've received and we've purchased. Now it's time to provide the provision to fulfill the vision of what God has for our church to expand out, to reach a whole nother neighborhood and a whole nother community that's a part of our city. And I believe this, it's just the beginning of so many great things God wants to do. And as we build that out, I believe we're gonna build it out next year. We're gonna be worshiping in it next year. God's given us a place up top and at the bottom of the city. And one day we're gonna reach the entire city like a circle because how many know there's more people in Kansas City that need revival and need Jesus. Um, I, I wanted to grab a hold of these cards. Just a, a couple weeks ago, we had a special service, and in that service we talked about, hey, what would we do for just one person? What, what about that one that we need in our own lives to come alive to Jesus? And knowing that even right now there's that one in the room, and you actually maybe even came to church today because you needed Jesus in your life, or you needed some answers, and you're going to find that Jesus is the answer. But we had a church family that showed up to fill out cards just putting the names of their loved ones, their family members, their coworkers, their neighbors, who were close to them in proximity, but far from God. And you would not believe, not just the number of cards we got, but how many names are on there. And these are people that have been in our church family for years, and some of them I did not know. I know their name and I know their story. I did not know that their dad was far from God. I didn't know their brother was far from God. I didn't know that they're, they're, the people living in their own house right now are far from God. Some people filled out seven, eight, nine, ten names on here. I want to tell you all that we're doing today is so that we can answer what's on the heart of God. That it's our season to build hope in Kansas City and even beyond so that the names that are on these cards and their families that come after them and the thousands, if not a million in our city that are disconnected from the love of God are definitely not planted in God's house and thriving according to their potential and purpose so that we can see every single one that we're called to reach. Find the love that knows no end. Receive a salvation with Jesus and ultimately be discipled and released into their full redemptive purpose. The names on these cards matter to God. They matter to our church family. And we want to make sure we're making moves today and in the coming days to make sure we answer the call that God has on us. Salvation season for our city. It's a revival season for KC. It's a revival season for Jima, Ethiopia. And I believe even through our generosity, for some of you that this is the first time you've stepped into this kind of sacrifice and surrender, it's actually a revival season for you as well. Because as you stretch your faith and as you follow with where we're going together as a family, together as a church community, God's gonna take you new places in your life as well. In just a few moments, 
Uh, we're going to give our pledges and some that brought gifts to give today. Some of you are prepared. In fact, there's a handful of people that have already said, this is what I'm going to give in the next year. And this is what I'm going to give by the end of the year. And we're almost 20% of the way there to our goal of $2.25 million. I mean, that's a large amount. But when all of us do our part, I know by the grace of God, it will all get done. And in fact, I actually believe we're going to go above and beyond. That's where my faith is. I do not settle for just barely getting it done because that's not the heartbeat of our God. He's going to go above and beyond. You might think, oh, my part to play doesn't seem all that significant in view of that large number. Friends, it's every single one of us listening to the Holy Spirit and responding in faith and sacrifice that we'll see God do this and so much more. And by the way, let me tell you, 2024 isn't probably the end of the world, probably. It's the beginning of this new season God has for us. And there'll be more seasons to sacrifice and surrender. Why? Jesus hasn't returned yet. In the meantime, who does he have here? You and me. And in the meantime, what are we going to do? We're going to own our place, occupy our city, reach our friends and family. We're going to love and serve our city. We're going to give like we've never given before to the house of hope. And we're going to see more people come alive through Jesus than ever. Amen? If you're online looking for a way to give, you can click on that there. And we're going to have a moment of worship. And then Liz and I are going to bring our gift that our family has decided to go above and beyond our normal. Um, in fact, even last night, we were talking to our kids about this special moment. And they free will, uh, which for one of them is not always um, an option. Normally, it's forced dad's will. But no, it was free will. They decided they wanted to give out of their savings. And so they wadded up their little cash today. And they put it in an envelope. And they brought it down here. And it was such a beautiful moment as a father. Um, and as, as I know Liz, it blessed her. And I just think, man, what's special that we get to do something as a family for the families of our city and for the future of just really the kingdom of God expanding through our church. Amen. Amen. So we hold up your cards if you have one. Maybe you're not ready yet, but just hold it up by faith anyways. Or your envelope for those that came prepared, those that are going to maybe pray through it, those online right now. Let me pray over our giving. God, I thank you that you've given every good and perfect gift has come from you. The most amazing being the gift of Jesus that we celebrate this Christmas season. That you loved us while we were far from you, but you came close to us to save us. And Lord, in view of the mercies of God, we come back and we offer sacrifice and surrender to you. God, we thank you that you're going to take our collective gift. That all of us would step into that stretch mode for for what you have for us. I think that we don't give under compulsion, but we give under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So God, we're listening to what you have for us to do. I thank you that in this gift of sacrifice and in this gift of surrender, that you do something so significant through them, through our generosity, but even for our own lives. Lord, I thank you for what you're about ready to do through us at Kingdom City Church that is miraculous in nature and reaches more people than ever before with the gift of the amazing grace of God. So Lord, I thank you that we get to build hope and we get to be a bridge between heaven and earth. Let us never take that for granted and let it all be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In just a moment, as you pray over that, they're gonna lead us in a song of worship. And Liz and I will go, and when you're ready, come down and bring your gifts. Look at all these amazing gifts already in this thing. Isn't this awesome? That's from the nine o'clock service. Can't see around the back, but there's so many there, and we get to do our part as well. Amen? Come on, let's worship. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's worship, and when you're ready and you prayed over your gift, why don't you bring it down front?
Amen. Got in at the last minute there. Um, what a beautiful moment of surrender and sacrifice and generosity. I'm grateful, Liz, and I'm so grateful to the pastor of such an amazing church. In this season we're heading into, I truly believe it's going to be miraculous. Do you believe that? And not just miraculous for what God does for our church, because we are the church. Miraculous for what God does in your life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these gifts. These are people's hard-earned money and resource. And I thank you that they had open hearts and open hands to hand back to you. I know that some of these pledges are made by faith. That God, they're believing for you to do something exceedingly abundantly above through them so they could do something significant, even greater for you. But Lord, I thank you that every single giver, every single participant, every single husband and wife and family that are surrendering over the sacrifice to you that God, you would fill them up to overflow and take our collective generosity and let it be blessed by God to the reaching of more people for bringing salvation and revival to Kansas City, to our own location here up north, to the south location being built out and filled with people coming alive to Jesus, to Northeast and Independence Avenue being a beacon of hope to hurting people, to Ethiopia and Jima for the gospel expansion going through our church in East Africa. God, thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for what you're doing through us. And thank you for the future that you have for us. Let it be truly miraculous in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen, amen. Well, I cannot wait in a few weeks to update you where we're at, but I know God is up to something great. Do you know that? Hey, we, oh, come on. Do we know that God is up to something great? So, we have a special day today. Obviously, it's a day of generosity, but we have some of our very dear friends. And uh, Pastors John and Leslie Siebling are just world-class, best of the best, 23 years ago. 27, but you look 23 years old. 27 years ago, they planted the Life Church in Memphis, and um, 
man, God has just blessed it significantly. They're unbelievable leaders. And, and beyond just a great preacher, John is just a great pastor. In fact, John and Leslie have really pastored Liz and I several times in these last couple of years. They've just been great friends and a great big brother, great, great big sister. The church has expanded all over the nation and the world. Santiago, Chile, and they have a location that started in Italy. It's awesome. And in New York City and Boston and Washington, D.C. And we get to uh, hear from really a really awesome man of God and uh, man, just a great pastor, Pastor John, with two amazing kids, Anna and Mark. I love Mark. I get to play golf with Mark. He's a great kid. And, but we love you all very, very much. Memphis, great town, second best barbecue in the nation. And one of the best pastors in our nation. Well, can we welcome Pastor John to come and speak to us? Amen. Thank you, man. All right. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing good today? You give a couple of high fives and grab your seats. And uh, yeah, such an honor for, uh, for me to be a part of your special day. Very special day. Uh, special day for your church and uh, an honor for for, uh, for us to be here. Um, Kyle already introduced my wife of 30. The reason you got it confused is we've been married 33 years, 33 years, started the church 27 years ago. We just celebrated 27 years as a church. Um, and uh, so such an honor for us to, to be here really on, on this significant day for you, for your church. I'm so uh, grateful to hear all that God is doing uh, in Kingdom City Church. In fact, Leslie and I uh, got to go tour the South Building last night, and a very significant piece of property. How many of you have gotten to see it yet and walk through it and pray? Just a few of you, okay. Really amazing, amazing uh, real estate, but um, to think it's going to be a tool in God's hand to reach a whole new group of people in that area of the city. And I, I honestly believe I've seen it happen in our church over and over and over again. I honestly believe when God gives you a piece of real estate like that, I think there's something significant about it and something special about it. And um, I think there's some favor to it and some you know, new opportunities that God's bringing because there's some level of trust to those who God trusts, he entrusts. And so I think, um, you, know, I, I think you ought to look at it that way. And I, I'm, I'm so thankful for, for Kyle and Liz and their family. Come on, Blair. Uh, and, uh, and, and Goldie, right, and uh, Graham, uh, uh, a beautiful family, amazing family, incredible people. I think you really ought to be thankful that you have these world-class leaders that are a part of leading your church. I mean that, really great leaders, great, great people have such an incredible heart. We had dinner last night, and just the heart that they have for you, the love that they have for you, and, and for the church, and the desire that they have to see God do amazing things. So it's just amazing for us to just come alongside of them and uh, to walk with them and watch what God will do. And uh, so, yes, it is an honor to be in uh, Kansas City. And um, yes, um, I do love Memphis barbecue. I think that, you know, but this afternoon, I think I'll get to be the judge, right? Of, of uh, uh, At least it's not the vinegar-based um, barbecue sauce. I don't even understand that at all. I don't know anybody... How, how anybody can like that, but um, so uh, and it's really not fair, you know. The Chiefs, it's not fair. You guys get the Chiefs and 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 Taylor Swift. Now you get Taylor Swift, and it's just not fair, you know. Um, so and you know, you think about like building a building like that. We can. Here's what we could do. We could believe God that Taylor Swift would come along and take care of everything, 
or we could just all do our part, you know, like I, just, I think probably what's going to happen is we're going to have to do our part rather. It's the, the way it really works, but uh, it's a beautiful city. We got to stay um, uh, around here last night downtown, and, and um, I, think the, I think the Bills were staying in our hotel. So at 3 o'clock, I flipped the uh, fire alarm, and, and they had to evacuate the building just to do my part in the, uh, you know, to get the W today. Not that, not that the Chiefs need any help at all today, but um, so what a great city and what a great church and what a great honor for us to be here today. If you have your Bibles... Uh, maybe just uh, grab and grab them, turn over to the book of Hebrews. Um, I've been really in this uh, season of studying faith. In fact, we just finished a series at home called Moving Faith Forward. Everybody say, Moving Faith Forward. And how many of you know we're, we're, we're people of faith? We're, we're called the faithful, which means we need to be full of faith. And I think in every season, one of the challenges it, uh, that we have, and one of the things that we need to do, and, and do it intentionally, is to take our faith and move it forward, and to bring our faith forward into the next season. And uh, when I was a kid, you know, I was, uh, remember watching the, the Olympics, you know, uh, with, with, with the family, and, and they must have done some kind of little video piece about the torch and I've always been fascinated. In fact, every year I sort of remember that, or every four years whenever the, we have the Olympics, I sort of remember that moment that, you know, it started in Olympia, Greece. So every time there's an Olympics, the, the, there's a, a torch that's lit from the fire in Olympia, Greece, and then they carry, you know, you've seen it, they carry the, tur- the torch through all over the world, wherever, to get to that place. And I sort of think that's the picture of what we need to think about when it comes to our faith that we need to be carriers of faith into every season of our life. Like if you're, if you're, you know, if you're engaged and you're, you're about to get married, congratulations. Bring your faith into your marriage. Carry your faith forward into your marriage. If you have, if you, you know, if you're starting a family and, and um, you know, you're, you're about to have your first child or you're building your family, you know, bring, bring your faith forward into parenting and into your family. If you're building a business, whatever it is, it really is our, it's our assignment as Christians to, to move our faith, to move our faith forward. And I've been studying uh, this book of Hebrews. I think it's a fascinating book, and it's a book, it is a book about faith, and there's a chapter, chapter 11, that is really the greatest faith chapter in the Bible. And um, let me just give you a little, let me just give you a little context for the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews was written to uh, Jewish people that had just turned uh, to Christ. They had just become Christians, and, and they were being he- heavily persecuted for, for their Christian faith. Just imagine if you knew that the moment you became a Christian, you, um, you could lose your job, you probably would lose your family, you could be thrown into jail, um, and actually you could be k- killed, martyred for, for your faith. Uh, we would probably think a little bit different about our faith, right? The value or the preciousness of our faith or those kind of decisions. Well, that's what these people were facing. So the, the writer of Hebrews writes to them to encourage them to stay strong and to move their faith forward even into, uh, even into persecution, even facing, even facing death. So he writes this chapter. In fact, I'll just encourage you to, to get your Bible at some point th- today, tomorrow, th- this week, and, and read through and study through Hebrews 11. It's just a phenomenal chapter 
and it's meant to encourage um, all those Christians and you and me even today that there have been a whole army of people that have gone before us that have faced things that we couldn't even imagine and yet they stood strong in their faith. In fact, he writes uh, in, in, in chapter 11, verse 1, he writes and, and begins with this idea of what faith is. He says, now faith is, Hebrews 11, verse 1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So he gives us this beautiful definition of faith. And I think they're going to put it on the screens uh, in just a moment. If you're taking notes, you can write it down because I think this is really like practical thinking about faith, that faith is actually this confidence. We can have this confidence, and you can have it today, no matter what you're facing. Faith is actually this confidence and this trust that God can move in your life today. Like no matter what you're facing, you may have a real difficult family situation that you're walking through right now. Just believe and have this trust that, that God's arm is not too short. He can reach right down into that family situation and completely turn it around. Maybe there's uh, some, some sickness or maybe there's some setback financially or with a business or whatever it may be. It's just let faith begin to rise in your heart to believe that God can move. Do you believe it today? That God can move. He can move in your life today. He can... He can move in your family. And so then he begins to, if you kind of study this chapter, he begins to list out all of the people who lived by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith. You see that phrase over and over again, like Abel and Enoch and, and Noah and Sarah and David and, and Rahab. In fact, he lists out 18 different people. But he doesn't stop there. This, this, this chapter includes words like others and, and the people like literally we are talking about millions and millions and millions of people down through history who lived by faith, who walked by faith. People who um, let God shape their lives and were used by God to do really, really big things. And so you read this chapter and you think about those people and even today, uh, they're, they're in heaven and they're looking down on you and me cheering us on and, and believing that we'll overcome and, and they're, they're, they're encouraging us. They're saying, come on, you can do it. If we did it, you can do it. And we stand on the shoulders, just stop and think about it. We stand on the shoulders of people that have gone before us that paid, really they paid a price for us to be here today. And so now we have this sense of responsibility, don't we, to, to, um, to not, you know, to not shrink back, to not give up, but to boldly move forward into whatever God has for us. And so I looked at this chapter and I thought, who were these people? Who were these faith people? And I wrote down just simple little statement. They were ordinary people who moved their faith forward through courage, perseverance, and sacrifice. Of course, we look at people like Abraham or or Moses, and we tend to memorialize them, don't we? Just like they're larger than life. I mean, you know, we study them in Sunday school, and we think, wow, big, you know, big, amazing people. But, you know, they were just normal people. They were just, in their day, they were normal people, and they were called by God to do abnormal things or extraordinary things. They were ordinary people just like you and me, but they kept carrying their faith into every season of their life, and they did it courageously. They had courage. Persevered, and, and they did it through sacrifice. And so we could talk about those three elements, courage, perseverance, and sacrifice over and over again. But I want to just, I want to go deeper just on the last one. I want to talk about sacrifice 
for a few minutes today. I think it's such an honor to be here on your special day as you sacrifice. And I'm always moved when I'm in these moments. I, we just had our own vision day and, and a sacrificial Sunday when people made commitments. And it's just always such a holy day. And it, it moves me to think of the sacrifices that people make to see the kingdom of God move forward. And so uh, thank you for having me on your special day. Let's talk about sacrifice just for a few moments. Something that I think we need to be reminded of. A great theme in in scripture. I think there's 357 verses that contain the word sacrifice in the Bible. Uh, how many of you know it's a great theme of the word of God? For God so loved the world that he sacrificed. He gave He gave Jesus. The whole premise of Christianity is built on this uh, idea of, of sacrifice. Well, what is sacrifice? If you're taking notes, just write it down. I think it's, it's the giving of something or the giving up of something you love um, for something you love more. To give up something you love for something you love more. That's a pretty good definition, pretty simple definition. For example, I love Reese's peanut butter cups. Anybody else like, I mean, just, especially the, now they have the trees. You know, now they're smart, right? Every season, there's, there are always some fresh ones. So now you have the Christmas trees right by the checkout, and uh, they're extra fresh. They just taste better than the normal peanut butter cups for some reason. Um, and so, uh, gosh, I love, I just, there's, the, the, it's just, the, the recipe is perfect. The combination of peanut butter and chocolate, uh, I, I love them. But I really love, most of the time, I love fitting in my clothes more than I love Reese's peanut butter cups. This is, this is my sacrifice, like, you know. Um, and so, kind of dumb and kind of silly and kind of small, but maybe a little bit of an example for you to think about. When you give up something you love for something you love more. When you give up something you love for something you love more. And we see it displayed all the time, don't we? Sacrifice. Like, you know, college students sacrificing exams. It's probably that season right now if you're in college. You're, you're, uh, you're cramming, you're jamming, you're, you know, staying up all night, whatever you're doing to, to sacrifice. And if you're building a business, um, certainly you're sacrificing. Sacrifices that you're making, especially if it's a newer business, you're, you're putting things on hold for your own personal life, knowing you're going to have to invest everything you can to build, to build this business. And, um, and then what about parents? Can we just give a hand for all the parents who sacrifice? Let's go. I'm seeing some... I'm seeing some strollers and some little ones and some moms and dads in this service today. What, is, what a sacrifice it is to be a parent. Um, and then athletes, of course, so, you know, we'll just keep the theme going. Talking about the Chiefs and talking about the... I, I actually think about, um, you know, the sacrifices athletes make to be, to be at the top of the game. I was thinking about an article I read, an interview... Um, with uh, Ray Lewis, who uh, played at the highest level. I mean, I think 17 years for the, for the Ravens um, Hall of Fame linebacker. And, and in this interview I read, he said when he was playing for the, for, in the NFL for 17 years, he didn't have a, he didn't have a Coke for 17 years or, or any kind of soda because he didn't want it to in, impact his ability to, you know, to, to play at the highest level. 
And, uh, you know, so you think about the kind of sacrifices that we see here on earth. And the Bible actually kind of compares, you know, some of these earthly sacrifices uh, to, to our life. Uh, look, look at this verse. Everyone, uh, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it uh, to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So Paul is saying, if you think, you know, that, that's, that's admirable, that kind of sacrifice that you see, you know, an athlete make, you know, take it to another level for, for us as Christians and us as believers. The, the kind of sacrifices you're making are sacrifices that will impact eternity. Like when we came and put pledges down and as you give in your, in, 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 out of your finances to, 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 to see the kingdom of God move forward, to see kingdom city move forward, um, you know, that kind of sacrifice is eternal. Do you know that the Apostle Paul says there's an account in heaven that has your name on it? It's an unbelievable concept. And the, the, the reality is life is so loud here on earth that sometimes we lose sight of what eternity uh, looks like and what, what eternity is going to be like. And so they, they do it, he said, Paul said. Um, they do it to win a, a crown that's going to tarnish and, and fade uh, we do it to, you know, to impact eternity. So let me talk just for a few minutes, my last few minutes, about uh, three sacrifices that every believer must make. Three sacrifices that every believer must make. And I'm going to read a verse, and then we will um, unpack each of these three. Here's what the Apostle Paul said again in Romans 12, verse 1. One of the most phenomenal verses, I think, in Scripture about sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Now, how many of you know the Apostle Paul was the greatest apostle who ever lived? And if he's urging us, I think we ought to pay attention, right? I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice. There's the word holy and pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. That's the Amplified, which is awesome. So here's the first sacrifice every believer must make, and it's the sacrifice of my life, your life. It's this, it's this um, literal act of worship where you offer your life to the Lord, and where you have this realization, like this is so important, you have this realization that your life is not your own. You belong to the Lord. In fact, the Bible says you were purchased at a great price. That the Lord himself purchased you with his life. So that now when you claim, when you add Christian to your name, when you claim to be a follower of Christ, what you're saying is your life is not your own. That your future is not, is not your own. That your decisions and how you live your life that you have to engage with the Lord as you make those decisions and as you, as you make your plans, as you, as you think about, as you think about your, your life, your, your, your goals, your desires, your, your pursuits, what you're committed to. My number one goal in life, if I'm a Christian, is to please the Lord. It's my number one goal. It has to be number one. What does the Lord want me to do? As I think about, you know, these kind of moments where we make commitments and we bring an offering, like, what does the Lord want from me? 
What does the Lord want me to do? I know what I would want, or I know what I would desire, but what does the Lord desire? And it's not a one-time decision. How many of you know? It's not just when you decide to pray a prayer and make a decision to, 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 um, you know, to be a Christian and God forgives you and writes your name in heaven. That's all good. That's amazing. We need to do that. But it's a continual decision that I've got to make this sacrifice that my life belongs to the Lord. It's not my life. In fact, Jesus said, uh, 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 whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. It's a daily decision to sacrifice my life. I was thinking um, about Leslie and me and, and um, when we first really kind of started to get, you know, turned on to the things of God and really got fired up about the Lord. We were a part of a college college ministry there was a, a group of college students that started getting together and there was a bible study and then it kind of turned into a service and you know before before you know before we knew it there was hundreds of college students coming and they're coming to this service and um, it was like it was like a you know it was like a revival it was like a movement really and um, so many of those uh, so many of those young people are doing amazing things today and it was the catalyst was just a just a you know a college ministry on a on a college campus and just us praying and fasting and seeking God. And I think one of the, one of the cool themes in that college ministry was, was missions, was world missions and, and this idea of sacrificing our life to, you know, to be used by God in, in, a, in a, a place of the world where people didn't know Christ. You know, there are still people today that have never heard the gospel, have never heard the message of God's love. Thank, I love that, that one of the initiatives uh, is going into Ethiopia, and I forget what you said, Pastor Kyle, about the, the number of people in that village that don't, like nine, 98% don't know the Lord. Think about, think about that's a mission field. That's, worth, that's money well spent, right? We're sending, we're gonna plant a church in the middle of that village. Come on, can we thank God for that? That's ama- I think that's, that's amazing. That's the great commission. Anyway, anyway, we were like we were reading these books and passing on these books to each other. This is like like this book called Peace Child, amazing book uh, by a man named Don Richardson who went into this uh, this area of the world and you know I think it was Papua New Guinea actually I can't remember but who um, and then uh, you know we read a book called Chasing the Dragon by Jackie Pullinger who was I believe she was seventeen years old just super young single woman felt called by God left England and went into Hong Kong uh, to, to reach these, these drug addicts who were addicted to opioid on, on the streets of, of Hong Kong. Just unbelievable story of faith. And then one of the books that we read was a book called Through Gates of Splendor. And you may have heard about this book. It's uh, a book written by Elizabeth Elliot. And it was a story. It's a story of her, her life, really, and her husband, a man named Jim Elliot, and, his, and, and four of his friends, these five, these five young men, who um, had experienced that sort of what we experienced in our college group, just the fire of God and this desire to change the world. And so they identified this group of, of, of Indians down in South America that had, never heard, that had never heard the gospel, and they made the decision to go down there and reach, reach those people. And so they started making, I think they made contact with them. I don't remember all the details of the story. But um, one particular day, the five of these men went out. They had made contact, and they were, they were, they were feeling like this could be the day that they would get into the, uh, get into the tribe and make, make the connection and begin to make a difference. And it was a tragedy because uh, they were killed by those Indians. They, they, they lost, all five of those young men lost their life that day. 
And it was national news. They were on the cover of Life magazine, and, and, um, and it's, it's, it's turned into just a phenomenal story of faith because uh, Jim Elliott's wife, Elizabeth, actually, um, after he had passed away, and um, she went back in ultimately and connected in with that tribe, and they started making a connection, and she was used by God to lead some of the men that had killed her husband. She led them to the Lord years later, and there was a revival literally in that, in that tribe. So she wrote this book called Through Gates of Splendor about Jim Elliott's life. And the title of the book came from the hymn that those five men were singing as they left that morning. The day they lost their lives, they're singing this hymn through gates of splendor. They're singing this, the, the, these words, we rest on thee, our shield and our defender. Thine is the battle. Thine shall be the praise. When passing through the gates of pearly splendor, victors, we rest with thee through endless days. Think about the revelation that these men had. Our life is not our own. Our life is not our own. In fact, Jim Elliott said those famous words, and this is one of the most famous quotes. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. Your life is not your own. My life is not my own, right? My life belongs to the Lord. So the first sacrifice is my life. Everybody say my life. And then the second sacrifice every believer makes is the sacrifice of worship. My worship. Everybody say my worship. And, and um, again, a, a verse in Hebrews, it says, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise. Look at that. A continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Well, listen, everybody, worship is really important. Who you worship, how you worship. Our worship is important. How we express ourselves to the Lord. And it's a sacrifice because sometimes we're like, I don't feel like worshiping. But we worship anyway because of who he is. You know, you really don't worship because of what he's done. You worship because of who he is. The Lord is good and he endures forever. He has been good, he is good, and he will be good. Worship is a real powerful thing. In fact, it was one of, if you study the three temptations that Jesus experienced, one of the temptations was around worship. And our worship is not about us, it's about him, and it's about giving him honor and about giving him glory. In fact, I, I think about when I was, uh, when I was just kind of coming into the things of, of, of God, and I came into a church like this. It's called Christian Life in, in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Go Tigers. Um, got the Heisman Trophy last night. Anyway, just anyway, side note. But um, that's our only claim to fame this year. But it's a good one. Um, but I came into a church like, like, this, like this church. I had been raised in a more traditional mainline denominational church. And, um, and so, we, you know, I, could, I just never could make the connection. You know, my dad always said, son, we, we are God's frozen chosen and we're proud of it. You know, that was, sort of, that was sort of what church felt like growing up. So I came into a church like, like this and all of a sudden, I'm watching people lift their hands. I'm watching people clap. I'm watching, and people are actually happy to be there. 
Like that's just, that was radical to me as a 17, 18, 19 year old. Like this is church. What are these, what is going on here? You know, in fact, it was a little, I was a little, it was a little much, you know, like I was, I held onto the chair in front of me. I call it white knuckle worship. When you're, you're just not sure of what's happening around you. You're just holding on thinking like, if you let go, you're going to float away or something. But the, the truth is there was something really, really, um, intriguing and, 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 so, so p- people's worship actually was a testimony to me and sort of broke down a hard outer shell that I had around. So, so don't just think about your worship just being about you and about what you need. You're worshiping, first of all, him for who he is, but your worship is a testimony to the people around you. And so, but it's a sacrifice. It is. It is. And, you know, the Bible talks about clapping our hands. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Come on, let's, let's do Let's practice. Put your hands up. Come on, let's all clap our hands. Let's go. Come on, we can all do it. I'm, still, I'm looking for 100%. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about shout unto God with the voice of triumph. So we shout, and the Bible even talks about dancing. And this is all in the book of Psalms. Sometimes people look at our style of worship, and they say, you know, well, this is contemporary worship. It's actually ancient worship, really. The way we worship is actually found in the book of Psalms, and, and it's biblical. And, um, and then there's the lifting of our hands. Come on, can we all do that together? Everybody, look, see, see how amazing it is when we all lift our hands together. Some reason, this is a big thing for some people. They're like, man, when I lift my hands, I've tipped over, and I've become like Pentecostal or something. Just, but no, no, it's just in the book of Psalms. It's, you know, lifting our hands in the in the house of God, and we do it as a sign of worship, as an act of worship, and it's powerful, and, and it's something we're committed to, and, it, and it's something that refreshes our soul. And in fact, there's still, man, 27 years later leading a church, there's still a little jump in my heart when I think about going to church on Sunday and getting the opportunity to be with other believers and worship God and the energy that it brings and the, the glory that it brings to God. Come on. Everybody say, my worship. It's a big deal. It's a sacrifice. It's important. So it's my life. It's my worship. And let me finish with, with, with the third one in just a few minutes just to encourage you a little bit. And in fact, this, this um, will be so relevant to what we're experiencing today as a church. Jesus said it this way. I'll give you the verse and then we'll unpack it. Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal wherever your treasure is there the desires of your heart will be also will also be so the third sacrifice that we make as believers my life my worship the third one is my money it's my money. It's my, my treasure. It's, it's my finances. And this is a big deal. And it's probably, let's all be honest here, it's probably the most uncomfortable to talk about in church. And it's probably the most practical to talk about because it may be the greatest indicator of whether or not I am truly submitted and surrendered to the Lord. Lord, you can have my heart, but not my money. (laughs) Lord, you can have my heart, but not my finances. I think it's a pretty good indicator of 
truly how submitted to the Lord we are. Why? Because we love money. And we want more of it. That's human nature. That's the spirit that we deal with on a constant basis in our own life. And so, have you offered your life to him and your worship? And are you living an open-handed life with the Lord when it comes to your finances? Are you living that sacrificial, that sacrificial life when it comes to your, your income? So, so let me read you a, a verse and tell you a little story that's in the Bible and then f- finish up. I only got, have a couple minutes. Um, 2 Samuel, all the way to the end, if you have your Bibles, go all the way to the end of 2 Samuel. It's the story of David. King David, we know King David, he's a hero of the faith. We know him because he killed Goliath, right? And uh, he did a few other things as well. And there's a story about his life that I think is pretty significant. It's the very, very end of 2 Samuel. And David has this desire to build an altar and, and, and sacrifice to the Lord. If you study the altars in the Bible, it's pretty cool to think about all the times that the people of God built an altar as a place of sacrifice and God's heart was moved on their behalf. And so David desired to do that. And there's, it's a pretty long story, so I won't tell you all the details. But um, So he, he went to find a place where he could have this experience and build this altar. And he found this beautiful, he found this beautiful plot of land on the top of a mountain. And it belonged to a farmer named Aruna, who, um, you know, that was his. That was really all he had. He had that place. He had those animals. That was his farm. And David found it to be the most ideal site, so he, he, he went to buy and purchase that piece of property so he could bring a sacrifice to the Lord. Um, and, and, and Aruna said, no, I want you to have it. Aruna was like, I'll give it, I want you, what an honor that the king would come to my house and want want to sacrifice uh, uh, here. It's yours, I give it to you. But the king said, this is David, but the king said to Aruna, no, no, I insist on paying you for it. Here's the the idea, because I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. This is a principle in scripture. And the principle literally is, if it doesn't move you, it won't move God. If your heart is not moved, the heart of God won't be moved. And I think there's some real, there's some real principles of sacrifice that we find in this story. Let me just tell you a couple of them. And um, the keys, uh, oh, there she is. Perfect timing. <laughs> I was calling you up and there you were. Um, I think there's some principles in this story about sacrifice that are really important. And I I want you to think about these, all right? So maybe you can write down a couple of these thoughts and then really chew on them and and, and process them and think about them. I think this story teaches us that sacrifice is for everyone. You know, sometimes we think sacrifice is for the people that have money. Sacrifice is for wealthy people. But what we see in this story is that this man, Aruna, was willing to give everything to the king so that the Lord could be praised on the top of his mountain. And then David even himself, was, who, was the, who was the one who had everything, was willing to, 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 to purchase the land. And so we, we see the, the, the spectrum of, you know, the poor farmer all the way to the wealthiest king and, and everybody in between. Sacrifices for all of us. 
In fact, it doesn't even matter how much you have. It's whatever the Lord is moving you to do and moving you to give. And, it, and, it, and it's not just about this day and this moment and this time of year when we sacrifice and think about what the Lord's going to do for Kingdom City Church. We live a life of sacrifice. Our life ought to be a life that's poured out for the Lord. And if we live open-handed, it means at any moment the Lord can tap on our shoulders and say, this is, this is mine. The sacrifice is for everyone. There's no, and I, I, this is going to sound real, real cold, but there's no exemption. <laughs> like, well, we're newlyweds and we just, you know, we just got married and we're trying to build a life together. And so uh, maybe later down the road, we'll be able to sacrifice. No, no, you're not, <laughs> you're not exempt. We're just starting to have kids and we're building a family and, or, you know, we're building a business. All the things that you would think maybe would excuse you or exempt you, but you're not exempt because we're, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, remember your life is not your own and, and we live a life of sacrifice. There's no, there's no asterisk, you know, and down to some fine print at the bottom of the page that says, except if you are uh, in college, except if you are a newlywed. Except if you, no. In fact, Jesus, what did Jesus do? He praised the widow who had nothing. And he used her sacrifice as an example. So sacrifice, everybody say sacrifice is for everyone. Sacrifice, and here's the next thing. A sacrifice now lays the foundation for the future. So this is what we're doing right now, right? We're, we're preparing a place for the Lord in the south, Right? That what we're doing. We're preparing a place for the Lord in the South. We're preparing a place for the Lord in that, you know, that new uh, Hope Center in, 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 in Ethiopia. And we're, we're, we're sacrificing now to prepare for the future. Now, listen, think about this story. What David didn't know when he bought this land from Aruna was that that land would later become the site of Solomon's temple. He had no idea that that would be the case but he was sacrificing now for something that the Lord would do later. David would never, here's, here's the significant part, David would never see the temple with his own eyes, but because of his sacrifice, he was making a way for the future generations. It's important for us to remember, when we sacrifice for God's kingdom now, we're laying a foundation for the next generation to continue to worship and grow. Just remember, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of others. Someone sacrificed for this, for this place, for these chairs. We came in maybe and found Christ here. Now we have the opportunity to sacrifice for another generation that's coming. The other thing that I think is interesting about generations here is as parents, let me just talk to the parents and the grandparents, your sacrifice now speaks to your kids and your grandkids, they see. And you're laying a foundation in their heart and in their life for sacrifice and for generosity and for eternity. Remember, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So listen, instead of watching the news and complaining about culture and complaining about society, let's sow seed toward the future because that's where our heart will be and guess where our kids will be and our grandkids will be. They'll be entering into the space that we've built through our generosity. And then, obviously, we see it from this verse that I just read, that a sacrifice that costs nothing 
is worth nothing. You know, it's, it's admirable when you clean out your attic and you give things to people that are in need. But let's be honest, you didn't want that stuff anymore. Is that really sacrifice? No. You're just clearing out your attic. I'm not saying it's not right. Do it. It's a good thing to do. But is it really sacrifice? No, because you don't use it anymore. Sacrifice is when we give something. We maybe, oh, this is going to hurt a little bit. This is going to impact my life a little bit. That's when we know we're sacrificing and we're living a life of sacrifice. Come on, do you receive that message today? Can we thank God for the word? I'm going to pray for us. Great honor for, for me to be here again. Thank you for having me. But let me pray a blessing over us today. Heads about and eyes are closed. Father, we are, are so truly grateful. Thank you for the word that we sit under, that we teach and preach, that we hear, that builds our life. I thank you for this amazing. Thank you for Kingdom City Church. Thank you for Pastors Kyle and, and Liz and their family and the leaders here. I speak a blessing over them and, and over their future. Thank you for uh, the best season ahead in Jesus' name the end of this year, the beginning of next year, 2024, that it will truly be the best season in the life of this church. I thank you for salvations. I thank you, Father God, for, for movement and growth. And I thank you, Father God, for, for, for generosity and provision. Let there be, Lord, just a wave of generosity that sweeps over this church that enables them to do all that you've called them to do. I thank you, Father God, for the vision, for the gift that's on the inside of this church, and for the great days ahead in Jesus' name. Come on, in a faith-filled church, said amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you, God. just this moment we're almost done just everyone stay and just this kind of moment of surrender because there's people in the room i believe right here right now that need to receive that great gift jesus went first and sacrificed god went first he sent his son and that's what we celebrate this christmas that we were once lost but he came to find us and to save us and to secure a relationship with us for for all of eternity would you just bow your heads and close your eyes if you're in this room right here right now and you've never said yes to jesus maybe you've been to church maybe you're in this church before but you cannot say there's a definitive moment of decision in your life where you said, I need a savior. I need the grace of God. I need to, to, to receive this gift. Or maybe you've said yes to Jesus before, but you know that he's not first in your life. He's not first at all. In fact, you feel distant from him. And it's the time to come back home and putting him first, making him Lord over every area of your life that's you, you can join some, some people even in the first service that said yes to Jesus. Maybe that's you online. Maybe that's you at Lansing. Let this be a moment of forever life change by saying yes to the gift because God's already said yes to you. That's the cross. Jesus already said yes. I'll do that for them. But our response is to say yes back. I'll receive this gift. With no one looking around, we're actually going to pray together as one big family of faith. But if that is you, and today is a day of new beginnings. Today is a day with the grace of God. You're going to receive it for the first time or come back home to the love of God. If that is you, you say, Pastor Kyle, I need a fresh start with Jesus. Can you just lift your hand? I need to receive this gift. There's one hand. There's two of you. There's three of you. Come on. There's four of you. Beautiful. Anyone else want to say it's five of you? I see you, sir, in the back. Phenomenal moment. Awesome. Why don't we stand to our feet? Can we just give a round of applause to our, our new brothers and sisters in Christ? This is awesome. Are we going to pray this prayer together?
as one big family of faith. Come on, let's say it loud and let's say it filled with life. Say this with me. Say, thank you, God, for your incredible love. You love me so much. You sent Jesus to die in my place. He's paid for my sins. I am forgiven. I receive that grace. I turn from my past. From this moment on, I'm going after God. Jesus, you're first in my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your grace. From today on, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Kingdom City, can we celebrate? Awesome.